you don't overdo it you just do it yeah and people who don't see that as you just doing it are the ones that are not actually acting you know and right. I should let it go wouldn't be like um she's wearing blue shoes and you would yeah. say what I look like yeah you know no boys allowed right <laughs> you know yeah or what was that not rugrats uh, little, rascals. little rascals no girls allowed buckwheat was the fucking cutest <laughs> That was a question. Oh, got it. Well, I'm I'm off to a great start today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'm Lisa. And I'm Sunny. And this is nothing, nothing to, to be, be ashamed, ashamed of. Because I have a lot to be ashamed of for the last like last night I was making dinner. I was dropping onions. I was mm. dropping noodles. I was like, I don't like this uh, person that I am. And you know, I'm usually the graceful one in the home. Last mm-hmm. night, I was not. The thing is, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of. Like, you're having a weird body moment. Mm-hmm. Happens to me all the time. Like, mm-hmm. regularly. A couple times a year, I forget where my body starts and ends. And then I walk around with bruises from doorknobs for weeks. I think a couple times a year is um, an overstatement. I'd say a couple times a week. Well, so, yeah. So, a couple times a week, I'm just generally clumsy. Mm-hmm. But truly... But, like, I'm not. So, yeah. that's why I'm so confused by it. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, maybe you're going through a growth spurt. That used to happen to me when I was a At kid. 36? Yeah. I don't know about that. You're stretching out. <laughs> no, but I do have my period, and I did take a bath yesterday. It was like, I took like a 40-minute bath. Yeah. So, I might have just, I might have just relaxed my muscles right on in to you just relaxed. dropping shit. You relaxed so hard that... Your body's, like, still there. What yeah, a beautiful sh- thing. Sure. If you take that perspective. You're, like, annoyingly positive this morning, and I don't know if I can handle it. Although your shirt be- does say, ugh, people. So. Yeah. I was trying to be helpful. I know, but I don't know if it is. Got it. Well, I had my mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is a great way to start the day. Mm-hmm. We're doing a mindfulness, um, air quotes, retreat mm-hmm. at work this week out there. Um, because it's remote, so. So that's cool. Yeah, so it's remote and we just retreat into our beds and listen while a lovely white woman talks us through mm-hmm. mindfulness. You meditate laying down? I do. I don't always, but it just feels nice to set my headphones in. It's like before I even really get up and do my day. Mm-hmm. I get up and make the coffee, then I come back and I lie back down and put my headphones in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely like a sit up erect on a pillow meditator. Yeah, I usually am like when I'm when it's not live and it's not 8.30 in the morning. I think the 8.30 in the morning part, I'm just like, well, I'm not really ready to be upright yet. 
Got it. So let me just lay back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been waking up um, pretty early. Oh no, it's my fault. I know. You guys, guess what though? Sorry about that. But also, two three weeks mm-hmm. left. Three weeks left until we don't have to live in this apartment under these, um, you know, twenty five year old bull-footed men. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad. Me too, because this week, one of them started <clears throat> golfing right above my desk while I work. Mm-hmm. They got a putting green. I saw them come in with it last week. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I hope that belongs on the roof. I think it belongs on the roof. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, around 11 a.m., I heard rolling it sounds a little like pinball well we so the guys in the front of the apartment had that remember yeah. and that was like what are they doing it honestly it took it just was funny i i like also lived on a golf course for a little while yeah. in my life sorry i'm like really mumbling today it's just my period guys deal with it um i uh was talking about golfing the yeah. guys in the front of the apartment used to have a golfing like thing and it took me like a month to be like, what is that noise? It yeah. just sounds like rolling. Mm-hmm. And boyfriend came over and he's like, oh yeah, it sounds like they have a putting green. And I'm like, how did it take you two seconds to figure that shit out? Yeah. Also because maybe just I don't think that golf in, belongs indoors. Same. Especially when they have roof access. But it is funny that that bothers you because like I've had, I've been having, a sh- I've been having beef with these fuckers for like ever and this is what bothers you. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, a lot of things bother me, but there are things that like, you know, I don't have any control over, um, or it only bothers me to a certain extent, but it's that it's like right above my head. And it honestly, the first day I was like, well, this is, you know, three weeks left, Mm. but, and I know that it's happening in the daytime. If it happened at night, I would have to go talk to them. That bothers me. Yeah. But. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, what, sorry, my brain's like not here today. This is going to be fun for you guys to listen to because I'm like a mess, but what did we want to talk about today? Well, we talked about maybe talking about your experience. Oh yeah. Guys, get a load of this shit. And I don't know if you want to name the company or not. I sure do. Great. I have no problems naming this company because I didn't have a great experience there. Yeah. Um, I worked at Lyft Mm -hmm. years ago, met a lot of great friends there. Lyft did not handle a couple of things well at all. Yeah. Um, First, one of my coworkers killed himself. And they just, like, didn't handle that well. Uh, The, like, while he was still alive sort of support he needed. Mm -hmm. And after he was gone, the support that we needed. They did not handle that well. Yeah, I was there when you found out. But I don't remember... Like, he didn't show up for work for, like, two weeks. And I kept telling my manager, I forget her name, it was, like, Basic McBlasey Lindsay or something. I don't know. Um, And I said, like, I'm worried about Daniel. He hasn't responded to my phone calls or, you know, my texts. And Mm -hmm. he hasn't come to work. And I know he was, like, stressed about work because it was just, like, we had, like, a certain quota. And he was just, like, worried about meeting it. And, um, and, like, I kind of was, too, but it wasn't like debilitating. Yeah. Um, 
and it was just a weird it was a weird thing and I asked a couple times like if you guys like maybe just wouldn't mind like reaching out like from a the business perspective yeah. to like check in on him it might make him feel nice and also like because he's struggling with this thing personally that like you know yeah I, I know of so anyway it wasn't handled well and when he passed away they I don't, it's all kind of a blur but I think they like gave me and like Zoe and maybe a few people like if we wanted to take the day or something but it was just it wasn't like they didn't bring anybody in that was like yeah. a medical professional or you know a like, trauma specialist yeah. really was yeah. what's necessary when somebody dies yeah violently. and Apple did that when Justin passed away yeah. so like I knew that was a thing that was possible yeah and Lyft like prided themselves on being like very similar to Apple mm-hmm. um but yeah somebody to come in and for us to talk to whatever that was the first fuck up um then you know we like moved into our new space like up in the like higher levels of the building in Nashville and um I forget again honestly it's kind of all a blur because I like blacked out that time Mm because it was just like not a good time in my life yeah um and they had like all these groups and organizations for people to join and um there were a couple like San Francisco only based because that's where the headquarters is and then there were a couple others like you know you could join remotely and like have like weekly check-ins and zoom calls and whatever and so there was a group called and I, I could be getting it wrong. V, Zoe, fact check me. I don't remember. But I think it was called Uplift. And it was supposed to be like, which is just funny, like Uplift Others. Yeah. And it was like a um, people of color and allies group. Yeah. And I joined it because I consider myself to be an ally. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that word is like poo-pooed upon or I'm not using it right. But like that's the word that I'm pretty sure they used. Yeah. Because like I'm not black. I'm just, I'm not Spanish. I'm just like a white girl. Yeah. But like, I believe in equality. Right. So I, th- I would say, from yeah. my understanding, that makes me an ally. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm going to get like fact checked and like by like the woke millennials. Yeah. I just don't know. But like, I'm just going to use words and yeah. that's what it is. So I'm an ally. I was, I was an ally. I joined mm-hmm. the group as an ally. Excuse me. And the first meeting, um, it was like, welcome our new members, go around, introduce yourself, like, why'd you join, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm, you guys all know this, I'm a talker, I'm an extrovert. Uh, so I talked mm-hmm. and I like, you know, spoke about my experience and um, it was like right after or before Dump was elected. So it was like, there was a conversation already of like race energy and yeah. And I just was like, you know, I, like, find the, like, inequalities and the, like, blatant just disregard for people as people upsetting and the fact that things are, like, still in some areas, especially in the South, Mm -hmm. sorry about it, um, like, segregated. And I don't understand that. So, all that to say, joined it, whatever went, with my friends, Jordan was there, V, um, I think Misty, I forget who else was in the group, but, um, oh, Naomi, I think. Anyway, so we went into the group, we had like a little, we went into like a little office, had a little Zoom call, met with the San Francisco crew, which uh, was a room full of black people, 
Mm-hmm. And then after the call, I got uh, an email from like the head of the group mm-hmm. asking me not to join the next meeting and like basically that I talked too much and that I'm not actually like it sounded like I was a slave owner. Like you're talking too much. We all didn't feel comfortable, blah, blah, blah. And I read it to my friend V mm-hmm. who is brilliant and like has a way with words and mm-hmm. he was just kind of like. Yeah, that seems like maybe they just don't know who you are. Like, mm-hmm. sure, that was their first experience of you. And you always, like, sit in front of the class. You always, like, raise your hand. You always yeah. participate. You always act. That's just who you are. And they don't know that about you. Right. So they might think that you're just, like, overdoing it. But that's just... You don't overdo it. You just do it. Yeah. And people who don't see that as you just doing it are the ones that are not actually acting. You know? And right. So it was a whole thing, and but basically I was like, you know what, that's fine, I don't want to go. And then, because I didn't go, I'm pretty sure V and Naomi and all didn't go. Yeah. And then the next week I got a call from the guy, like the head of the group, I don't know, some like sassy McBlack man, mm-hmm. I, I forget his name, but he called, and he was actually very lovely, but he basically was like, I wanted to talk to you about it, and like, why'd you tell the rest of your group not to go? And I was like, yeah. first of all, thank you for thinking I have such enrollment power, but like, They are adult human beings who have their own brains. I didn't ask them not to go. But there's a thing called community and friendship that they believe in. And you asked me not to come and they didn't feel comfortable being in that group if one of their friends and allies that they trust couldn't be involved. Yeah. I didn't ask them not to go. Yeah. And it was just really fucked up. And like, you know... I was, I forgot about it at all entirely until we were talking about it this week. I forget how it came up. Yeah. So I, this week applied for a diversity, equity and inclusion council at work. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know yet whether I will be part of the council and this is going to be a very small group. Mm -hmm. You had to apply. Um, but I got an email saying, thanks so much for applying. The Dean's going to review blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, we're hosting a workshop next week. We'd love you to join. Mm -hmm. So happens that I was already registered for the workshop next week. Mm -hmm. But I mentioned to Lisa, because I was stressed about my application as well. Um, Because it's a closed group and it's a steering committee, I was stressed, first of all, about applying because I don't want to take a voice from somebody who's from a more marginalized group than I am. Second of all, when speaking with co-workers and my boss ultimately in deciding it was appropriate for me to apply I also you know have imposter syndrome and just don't believe my own commitment so I was mentioning to Lisa that I got a response about it and she brought up you brought up yeah I had forgotten all about it yeah and you hadn't mentioned it to me when it when it did happen yeah yeah because it was like painful and also like embarrassing like am I just an embarrassing white woman who doesn't know her own bounds like Mm -hmm. I don't want to be embarrassing I want to be supportive and I tried and now I feel like I'm like not PTSD I just feel like maybe I have like some trauma in still supporting like black lives matter yeah like I'm not black do so I apparently can't actually support that is is how I feel right because of this experience I wouldn't have felt that way I would have felt like my voice matters also in supporting this movement to help people whose voices are not, don't seem to matter right. to the rest of the world. Right. But like they matter to me. So like that matters. Yeah. But 
but because I tried that and it didn't work, now I'm like, well, I guess I don't have a fucking voice to support Black Lives Matter because I'm not black. So right. I guess I don't, I can't actually support this. Yeah. It's, Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that black people don't have the right to say and feel what they want. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that at all. I just feel like a movement is only as good as anybody who can be involved. Right. And if I'm not black, I can't support it? Question mark. You right. Know? So and I don't, I didn't feel that way, but now I feel that way, which makes me sad. Yeah, and I think it should. And so we talked a little bit. I was also thinking timeline. Probably, I would imagine this was like around the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement. It was. Um, but we were talking about the idea that absolutely there should be spaces where people of color can voice their concerns amongst other pieces of color. People of pieces of color. Wow. People of color. <laughs> pieces of you. That's what stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Amongst other people of color. However, that's not how this was advertised. No. This group was called Uplift. And it was supposed to be like a group for people of color and supporter allies. Yeah. And I w- and to be fair, I was the only white person in the group. And that in itself, I think, is concerning. Yeah. And, and I- then the only person, the only white person in the group who wants to actually support this whole thing yeah. was at, was literally asked not to come back. Right. So, like, Lyft, look at your fucking values, y'all. That's not looking good. Yeah, and look at how you present that information. If you, if what you wanted was, hey, this is a group for people of color at Lyft. Yeah, Black Lives at Lyft. Then make it fucking that group. Yeah. But if it's supposed to be similarly to this council that I'm, I have applied to at work, where it's like, hey, let's affect change all together. Let's support each other. Mm -hmm. That's a different group entirely, and that's a group in which voices should be heard and it's also um oh my god I just had a thought and I lost it completely oh fuck well it's a it's a group in which voices should be heard um oh no I found it got it what I was also thinking about you is yeah you come to anything ready to participate yeah I'm participatory yeah and so is that a word participatory absolutely then for this guy to think that you're essentially like being a Karen and telling all your friends not to come because this black man yelled at you also not at all who I am not at all who you are and also it's I was just thinking about it's funny I last name Valenti I was always in the back of the room right so now that I have the choice when I stopped doing things alphabetically I could sit in the front of the room yeah because I always wanted to be up there anyway and then it's like yeah, that's just, I'm just the person that just makes her own way and finds her way up to the front to, like, actively be involved. Yeah. And in, be engaged. <clears throat> yeah, my thought, I mean, certainly, there, I mean, there are so many things that could have been handled differently. Yeah. But then, then to have this feeling that ultimately, like, you're not welcome in that group. And I've been thinking a lot lately. And if I'm not welcome, that's fine. But, like, you could have handled it differently. You could have branded the whole group differently and mm-hmm. you could have maybe given me a second chance to see if it's just who I am or if it's right. And if you think that's who I am and you didn't want somebody who's loud in the group or whatever they thought of me, mm-hmm. then that's fine. It's that they have their, that's their own choice, but that's not how the group was presented. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it just like, you just rename it. 
Right. Or, you know, if what you've discovered through this experience is, okay, we need this group that's open to everyone, but we also need a group Mm -hmm. that's just for our own voices so we feel comfortable. Okay, make a second group. Mm -hmm. Do both things. Um, And and then I also had a thought about being an assertive woman. Because you mentioned that, you know, if you were not so secure in yourself, it might have affected you differently. But it was upsetting. Yeah, I was upset. Yeah. For sure. Um, And that... In group settings, my experience is certainly that female voices are not heard yeah. as much. Um, and it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. I hate that happened. Yeah. And I think it does, like, perpetuate this idea I've been thinking about in the last couple of weeks. That, like, for example, when in 2015, there was a shooting at an African Methodist Episcopal Church mm-hmm. in Charleston. Mm-hmm. I used to go to AME Church. I also believe Black Lives Matter. And I wanted to go to an event. I had just I had also just moved to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And there was a vigil being held at a local AME church that I wanted to go to, but I didn't have a car yet. Mm-hmm. I asked a friend who is not doesn't have the experience of a person of color if she wanted to go and take me. And her response was well, I just grew up believing that I should stay out of spaces that don't affect me. And we're having these conversations about race now, recognizing that injustice to one person affects all people. Um, but a lot of us, I think, grew up with the idea that like, the not racist thing to do was to quote-unquote not see color. Um, and so we're having this reawakening about what does affect us. And I think it's evidence of an outdated point of view in that group where, yeah, it affects you because you're a human being and you're a compassionate person. Mm -hmm. And the fact that things are happening to your friends and loved ones and also people of color who you've never met is a problem for you. Yeah. And the person who called you out didn't seem to recognize that, which is really challenging. Mm-hmm. I hate, yeah, I hate so, what happened. Yeah. I mean, same, but I also wouldn't want to be a part of that group anyway if that's what it was. Right. You know? Because I think my friend Hannah was going to want to join also. And yeah. like another white girl, you know? Like, just because that's who we are. We're mm-hmm. both like compassionate people believing people. Yeah. You know, we have humanness, I would say. I don't know. So it's just difficult because, I mean, I don't even think I remember. I honestly, sorry, just I'm fidgeting too Mm -hmm. much. I honestly don't think I would have remembered about that whole thing if you hadn't talked about your, like, diversity group or I forget what the name of the Mm -hmm. group is. But, like, I blacked it out because it was, no pun intended, ha-ha, um, I blacked it out because it was painful and it was like, it was kind of embarrassing that like maybe I don't know who I am or maybe mm-hmm. I'm just not aware of myself enough to like participate in that kind of space and be um, like compassionate and understanding yeah. and accepting. But yeah. I believe that I am. I don't think I give myself enough credit for being like accepting and compassionate and understanding, but. Then when something like that happens, I think I obviously am not compassionate, understanding, or accepting. So, right. like, obviously I'm an idiot, you know? Yeah. And that sucks. 
So, but I know it's probably part of why I haven't been involved in anything Black Lives Matter since. Like, I haven't not been involved. Mm-hmm. I just haven't actively gone and done marches or because I, I don't know if I'm allowed. Yeah. Which is a really, I think, damaging outcome. Yeah. So while Uber sucks because they supported Trump or when there's like a weird connection there. Right. There's like Funds a, or whatever. Um, Lyft. I take lifts or I did anyway when the world wasn't paused, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but also that moment did not, Lyft just didn't do a good job with a couple things. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, and from speaking to some of your other friends who've been there for a long time, I have heard like murmurings of things of where I'm like, that doesn't sound quite right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some friends have had a good experience there, but just a lot of us had, didn't, and then left. I remember also a story about your manager that yeah. was pro- a problem. Yeah. I think I've actually talked about this in the podcast. I'm yeah. pretty sure I have. Basically, uh, I'll give you guys the, the brief. Mm-hmm. I was across the desk from my friend Herschel, and he was asking about, he's like, oh, I ran into one of your, co-worker, one of your old coworkers at Apple. I'm like, oh, cool, what was it? He's like, I don't know, just some genius. And I'm like, I need a little bit more of a descriptor than that. Like, was he tall? Was he short? Was he fat? Was he black? Was he bald? Was he white? Like, what? Give me something. And and my manager overheard it and was like, well, that's racist. Right. And I said, is it? And my friend Herschel, a black man across the was like, nah, man. Like, it's not. Yeah. Like, I I just thought the fact that you think it's racist is worrisome because... It's okay to be black. It's okay to be tall. It's okay to be white. It's okay to have a beard. Like, those are descriptors. Right. And I don't know why that's... I don't know when that became scary to say. So this is also... But, like, if you were... If I was at a bar with you and some friends and somebody walked in, you'd be like, oh, there's my friend Lisa. And, like, which one? You'd be like, oh, the, like, the thick white girl with the long hair. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, um, she's wearing... Blue shoes, and you would yeah. say what I look like. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I would just, like, I don't know why that's... If somebody asked about, I don't know, my friend Henley, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's a tall, light-skinned black guy. He's, like, looks like Thierry Henry. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, and that's probably... With the what, ass. Yeah. You know, he's got the, the ass, ass and the thighs, yes. you know? Oh, yeah, he does. But it's, like, that's what I would say. Maybe that's uh, inappropriate, but... So I'll tell you what... Dr. Ibram Kendi would say. Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> no. So, well, I'm reading a book right now called How to Be an Anti-Racist, and I actually really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, not actually. I'm enjoying it. I like how it's written because it's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And the author is um, just write, uses a lot of his own personal experiences. But mm-hmm. one of the very first things he says is that using the word racist as a noun is racist like basically perpetuates racism to say like that person is a racist Mm -hmm. or that's racist whereas what you said wouldn't constitute like constitute a racist thought or a racist yeah statement if you said that black guy by the way all black people are terrible now that's a racist statement Mm -hmm. but you're literally just using a word that many people of color 
identify with mm-hmm. and use to, I mean, there's a whole movement that Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And the newest, I guess, BIPOC is the newest shortening Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Mm-hmm. It's not a word that inherently is racist. And I remember when you told me this story thinking, that manager sounds racist. Yes, he was. Because covering up racism or labeling things racist, basically labeling any conversation about race as racist, that's racist. Mm. It's like we can't even talk about it. To even talk about it is racist. That's a problem. Yeah. And I remember at the time thinking, like, that guy sounds like he's got way more racist thoughts than you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as time went on, it turns out that he also was probably sexist. and Yeah, he was like, I think he was um, not Mormon, but he was some uh, smaller, smaller sect of religion where women are not allowed to be like mm-hmm. people who have brains. And also he was like a manager for like 15 years at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And also he would wear... Um, a white undershirt with a jewel neck and then an open button down. Like, I don't need to see your undershirt, first of all. And also, everything was tucked in and he always had pleated pants. And I just fucking hate his stupid face. But, like, I don't. It's not. I don't care. But he sounded like, um, he sounds like a good old boy. So he thought. Right. But, like, the way that we, I mean, in the, like, southern way where it's like. Oh, yeah. And he was, like, born and bred from the south. And I don't hate all Southerners. No. But it's people like that that give the South a bad rap. Yeah. You know? And it's, yeah, this idea that, well, we can't even talk about it and that's how we're being. Yeah. But it was like instant vindication because my friend Herschel across the table was like, nah, man. Yeah. It's not. And I think he even was like, how would you describe me? I'd be like, uh, black guy with dreads. Yeah. Singer. Yeah. He's like, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You know, like, and I remember one time talking, I think it was like, my goon squad, like Swaby and Hakeem. And, yeah. Um, and I asked them one time, like, guys, pardon me if I'm, like, completely ignorant, but, like, and I, we had a race conversation at, like, McKenna's or something. Yeah. And I just said something like, well, how would you describe yourself? And I think Hakeem was like, I would say I'm a black American. Yeah. And it was, like, great. Yeah. Like, it was, it wasn't embarrassing if we can't say someone's black it's like embarrassing like are we scared to say it like it's literally the elephant in the room exactly who cares you're black i'm white yeah i'm short you're tall like it doesn't i don't know it's just that's to me that's i think where how my brain works Mm -hmm. and then when someone like poo-poos on that i'm like oh obviously and i just i my instant thing is to give up and i always think i'm wrong so i just like back down and i just get quiet because i'm like oh obviously i'm wrong yeah. Which I and obviously my voice is too loud, so I should just shut up. Yeah, the policing of voices, I mean, that's essentially, and going back, we talked about this on the Vinipode, the, what Dump signed last week to make anti-racism training illegal for government employees, that is the perpetuation of racism. What he's saying and what his support system is saying is basically, no, we can't talk about this. Talking about this is racist. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And not talking about it clearly has not had a positive effect. It also makes the problem worse. Exactly. Because here we are 
500 years later and we still have these issues because we can't talk about it as opposed to like a country like Germany that has Holocaust memorials and talks about that dark history Mm -hmm. not talking about the history of the US has just perpetuated the problems yeah so I just hate all of that and I think and again I think like the fact that there were not more people, more white people in that group shows that we have a problem talking about these things. Mm-hmm. And, and some of it is like, for example, I was concerned about taking a voice from somebody who would, who needs a voice more than I do. Yeah. That's CIA not at was. all what I was trying to do either. No, because it was for allies. Yeah. Um, but but if we can't then say, hey, like have an honest conversation like I did with my manager and say, hey, I want to do this thing. It aligns with my values. It's what I believe in. But I also want to be conscientious that we have to be able to also have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, yeah, we have to, the conversations about race at work have to be happening I'm going to a workshop next week about how to talk about race work because we should be talking about it because mm-hmm. not talking about it isn't helping. Yeah. Um, and everyone should be talking about it. I agree. I also just think that like, you know, don't, all I can think of is don't bite the hand that feeds you. That's not the way I just, I was thinking of a phrase of like, don't, I don't know. Don't push away your allies. Yeah. If you've created an... And I'm not trying yeah. to make it about me, but in that space, it was about me. hmm You know? Like, one of these things not like the other. Right. And they probably only let me join in the first place because I, like, might have looked Spanish. Sure. And then they were like, oh, no, she's just a white girl. She shouldn't be here. Yeah, which is, um, yeah, again, is a problem if, if the space that you're creating is for allies as yeah. well. And... So. What I think is cool about what's happening with the movement now, and maybe, you know, it's not ubiquitous. I have a family member who, like me, is a white woman. And she... Nay, I would say you have a lot of people that are like that. I have several family family members. Who are white women. In fact, nay, all of them. Yes. Um, But (laughs) she's being utilized by the Black Lives Matter movement where she lives in strategic ways. Which is very cool because she can get into spaces that people of color can't get into in the small Midwestern town where they live. Mm-hmm. And so she's working with the movement to be a tool. You can get into the city council meeting. Great. And then push our our agenda makes it sound more icky. But like, and then talk about what we believe in. Yeah. Um, allies can be so useful. Again, there absolutely should be spaces in which people of a certain experience can talk about their experience safely, mm-hmm. but that's not what this was purported to be. No. And to then push someone out when you said, Hey, we want allies, but we don't want you because you as an ally are not the ally we were thinking of. Yeah. Is just a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, actually we want a quiet Alice. Yeah. Well, that's not, I'm not, that's not me. Yeah. Um, I also was just thinking about like, I just had a really bad time at Lyft. I met a lot yeah. of really great friends, but like, I had a really shitty experience there. 
I didn't like my job. I didn't like my schedule. I didn't like my managers. Mm-hmm. I liked two of my managers. Mm-hmm. Actually, one wasn't even my manager. He was manager of another section. Right. He was great. And then, like, our big manager. And yeah. he was great. When I left, he was like, if you need a recommendation, please let me know. Like, he was very sweet, very smart guy. And, like, I would be surprised if he's still there, actually, because I think yeah. he was too smart to be there in the first place. But, mm. um, but yeah, it was just, like, that whole job had darkness for me because it was, like, I wasn't shining because I wasn't doing what I wanted or mm. liked to do. A friend of mine died. I went through a breakup. And then also I was, like, asked to not be involved in this, like, group. So just a couple of things where I'm like, maybe I just shouldn't be here anymore. Yeah. And I remember leaving and giving my two weeks. And I think I actually ended up giving, like, I think I gave, like, two days or a week. It was, like, not. I was like, oh, by the way, I'm leaving. So, like, suck my dick. Suck all my dicks. Right. And then I moved home. And I didn't have a job. But I was happier not being there. Mm -hmm. So it makes me sad that my last, like, time in Nashville was that. But now I have a great job in Nashville and I can go back and like experience the parts that I like about mm-hmm. it. But um, yeah, it was just like an annoying moment. Yeah, I hear you. And I, again, I'm just sorry about it. And, and I I'm know s- how damaging those experiences can be when, when it feels like your person mm-hmm. has been that you are wrong who you are is wrong and I'm sh- I'm sure I was just triggering for somebody in that group which I'm sorry for that but like let's have a conversation about it yeah and maybe also like having me in the group might have helped you work through that right you know because like I hate when people say like black people can't be racist like oh yeah yeah sure can you know yeah. like white people aren't the only people that can be racist anybody can be racist yeah so like it just is funny when so I'm sure, and I'm not saying that it was like, I'm not even going to say it because I heard somebody one time say reverse racism and I'm like, well, that's very, that's, you must be white. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's just racism. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I know that. Yeah. But, um, but it was like, she was putting it on me. And I remember the girl that definitely didn't like me. She was like mm-hmm. a young Spanish girl, beautiful curly hair, mm-hmm. light skin, but like was used to being the loudest one in the room. Yeah. And then I came in and it was like, oh. And I know that they just thought I was being, like, um, a slave owner. What do they call that? Like a massa. <laughs> yeah, but, like, a like a plantation owner. Yeah. But, like, the plantation owner's wife. But, like, literally not me. I'm right. from New Jersey. I'm not this. Yeah, and also... But it was, like, definitely probably triggering for her or for them. And for that, I'm sorry. But then also, like, let's have that conversation. Yeah, let's have a conversation around what what did you envision this meeting being? And what did you who did you envision joining this group if you wanted allies involved? Yeah. Because you'd have to be small-minded to think that white people don't actually support black lives. Right. Because, yes, there are many that don't. But there are many that do. Yeah. So, like, yeah, if I wasn't the, like... Oh, should I have should I have blonde hair? Should I be short and mousy? And that mm-hmm. would have been the appropriate person for you to have in this group. Yeah, you know, if I was like a quiet Asian person, would that work? Yeah, you know, like I didn't. Sorry that I'm just this person. Yeah, that's interesting. That brings up. I think I talked about it recently. That like flip it test that one of my classmates. Um, I had a classmate do a project on diversity, and they mentioned the flip it test, where you basically, if you're having a reaction to someone, say, "Well, what if this person looked like this?" Mm-hmm. Would I still be having this reaction? Mm-hmm. Perfect example. Yeah. If you showed up 
not looking the way you do, mm-hmm. there would have been a different reaction. And but like again, let's have a conversation. Yeah, if I had been if I had been me but black, they would have been like, oh my god, she can be our advocate. Yeah. She can be like the leader of the group. And I don't. I wasn't trying to be that. Right. But yeah, if I had been maybe a black person, it would have been like, oh my god, she's she's gonna make, get so much done. Yeah. But because I'm not. Right. I was seen as like an, an oppressor. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think about also like my own, just because I had to write about them for this application, my own experiences in like student groups that were focused on students of color. Um, I was in the Black Student Union in high school and I was in the Black and Hispanic Alliance in college and I worked support roles. And I think I was the maybe even vice president of the Black Student Union in high school because we had so few black people Mm. and my best friend was the president. Um, But like I was being utilized. I was supporting. I get shit done. I'm not necessarily loud. I can be certainly loud. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, use me. And that's what I feel like you were going into the space for. Like, use me. Not even that. I just, I didn't need to be used. I just wanted to be involved. Right. Involve me, rather. Yeah. yeah, I didn't need to be, like, the loudest one, certainly. That wasn't what I was trying to do. I just, that's just who I am by nature. And I was just funny. I was talking to a boyfriend. We were at my parents' last week. Mm -hmm. And after a couple days of my family, I'm just, like, worn out because they, we all just, like, talk over each other and it's loud and it's a lot of energy and, and I usually, like... After the third time of trying to speak and being talked over, I usually just stop. Yeah. And then we were driving home and I like interrupted him like four times. And I'm like, sorry, I'm just, I, it's, I'm back into it. Like literally, unless you interrupt somebody in my family, that's how you have a conversation. You have to interrupt because we're all talking at the same time and no one's listening. Right. And it's very, it's tiring, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, it's a lot of energy and it is, and it's not bad, but like, after three or four days with like all my siblings home and my parents, it's just and my brother's kids, like it's just a lot. Yeah. And I'm usually like, all right, I'm gonna go take a nap for four days. Yeah. Um, all that to say, that's just who I I grew up that yeah. way. Like you have to just you had to yell in the space to be heard. Yeah. Um, and it turns out I don't love that, but like that is what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So I still like in a group setting that sort of comes out like as a survival instinct. Yeah. You know. And again, is a quality that could make you like so useful, yeah, and helpful for as an advocate and an ally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just sorry that it was received in a way that it wasn't intended, yeah, um, and that you had that experience. That ultimately the result has been that you feel insecure about entering those spaces yeah. in the future. I might have to talk to Jordan and V about this because they were definitely there, and I definitely like blacked out this moment because it was painful yeah. and like. Not painful. It was upsetting. Yeah. Like, I didn't... I haven't lost sleep over it. I was certainly upset and felt, like, mostly embarrassed at my lack of awareness. Yeah. But I don't feel like that is who I am. Mm -hmm. But I should talk to either of them about it because I... Either of them because they both would think of... They probably both saw it from a very different perspective and also remember the details about it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure Jordan would be like, actually, this is what happened. Yeah. I don't think I'm wrong on the details. I think I'm just maybe, like... 90% 90% correct. Yeah. Because, just, I, because I don't remember a lot of it because I just didn't, I was like, well, I don't have to remember this. It wasn't a helpful moment. Yeah. It was like just painful and sad. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll call B later. Yeah. Like and that it. honestly might be helpful now, three or so years on, mm-hmm. to get a, his perspective freshly 
Yeah. Just in terms of your processing. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, you know, as torn up about it as, oh, yeah. as maybe I'm making it out to be. I just remember feeling, like, miffed by the whole experience and, like, well, I don't need to be involved in this, I guess. Yeah. Or I'm not allowed, so. Yeah. Um, no boys allowed. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or what was that? Not Rugrats. Um, Little Rascals. Little Rascals. No yeah. girls allowed. Buckwheat was the fucking cutest man. Oh my god, he really was. Um, and Susie Lou Who or whatever, what was her name? Darla. Darla. <laughs> I would have been. I would have been Darla. You are Darla. <laughs> <laughs> this is correct. <laughs> that is who you are. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Well, I'm Darla. And I'm uh, Alfalfa. And really, we're in love. I just realized that was the implication, <laughs> but it was more that his hair's a little messy and he's so eager. Um, I'll be the dog then. No, I'm probably the dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say I'm buckwheat, but that's not true. <laughs> no, you're but like... um Spanky. Okay. I'm Darla. And I'm Spanky. And just remember this. There's, There's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Ba-ba-ba-ba. <laughs>